Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we are in our third week of a new study through the Gospel of Mark. Last week, we aired an introductory message entitled, Why is Mark Remarkable? But the title of today's message is, Why is John Remarkable? Well, wait a minute. I thought you said we were preaching through the book of Mark. We are. There are four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each one deals with the earthly ministry of Jesus from a little different perspective, and each author's focus is a little different. Mark starts out with the ministry of John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah, as foretold in the Old Testament. You may wonder, why is he so important to the purpose of Mark's gospel? Well, find out as you listen today and each day this week to the message preached by Pastor Jim Harris entitled, Why is John Remarkable? Well, come back with me to the gospel of Mark. In a mere two weeks, we have already made our way through the gospel of Mark as far as the end of the verse, verse 1 of chapter 1. And I trust that in doing that in that way, you probably have a better understanding of what took place between the close of the Old Testament, which we know of as the end of the book of Malachi, and uh, what was the scene when Christ came, the beginning of the New Testament. And I hope you now understand who Mark is and why he is remarkable. He is the man who, whom God chose to write the second of these four records of the life of Jesus Christ that we call the four Gospels. And Mark apparently wrote his mostly based on what he had learned from Peter because he was not an eyewitness. Mark's is the shortest of the four Gospels, the most action-packed of the four Gospels, and it was written for people like you and me. The original target audience was Gentiles, originally uh, Roman citizens. And it's because the, the Romans didn't really care about the details of the Jewish genealogies and the pedigree of the Messiah as the descendant of David, uh, Mark doesn't include what is in the first two chapters of Matthew and the first two chapters of Luke. He just starts out right away with probably what he regarded as the title of his book. We call it chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's all about the gospel, the, the message of God offering salvation. That is what this is all about, and it's the gospel not just of any king coming, not just of any kind of rescue, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Gospel means good news, and I, I showed you last time that that's one of those words that Mark used that had a meaning in his, in his culture. It was well known both in the culture of the times, actually even connected with the emperor cult, Caesar Augustus was the king who was the savior, so there was that false worship and gospel is used of his arrival, but it's also used in the, the Septuagint, that Greek translation of the Old Testament. 
Only now, since Jesus came and lived and died and rose again and has ascended to the Father, only now do we have the full understanding of the ultimate message of the gospel. John the Baptist preached the gospel, Jesus preached the gospel, but now we have, if you will, the full understanding of the gospel. And Mark is going to show you in his book that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that His life is the essential beginning of the gospel that is still playing out through the, through the world until all is eventually consummated in the new heaven and the new earth. So, Mark has good reason for not saying anything about the birth of Jesus or the background of his forerunner, John the Baptist, but John is going to zoom from zero to the public ministry of John the Baptist in one verse, from verse 1 to verse 2. Along comes John the Baptist, the first prophet in over 400 years, and you're going to learn from John's message today and from his example I think some principles of what God expects us to do about His Son, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to say, learn from John, as the text would call him, the baptizer. He wasn't the Baptist like the founder of a denomination. He was John who came with a special message of repentance and baptizing in conjunction, to that, in conjunction with that. So learn from John the Baptist to do what God's Word says. Number one. Number two, repent. Number three, I couldn't resist this, dress for success. Number four, preach Christ. Start out by learning from John the example to do what God's Word says. Now, as a prophet of God, the first one in 400 years, that was a pretty specific plan for him. Mark 1, 2, and 3. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet. So, notice what Mark does. This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And right away, he connects it to the plan of God that's been afoot for centuries. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So he starts out with, even though he's not writing for the Jews like Matthew did, he starts out with an Old Testament quotation. His quotation is actually a combination of Malachi 3.1 and Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Now, don't stumble over the fact that he attributed it all to Isaiah because that's not really uncommon for uh, New Testament authors to uh, combine Old Testament quotes. And Isaiah was the, um, the most Christological of the prophets. His name was likely even known by many of the Gentiles. So it, it was certainly the message that comes from uh, Isaiah, though he does supplement it from Malachi. So John bursts on the scene in a most unexpected way. Everything about this guy is special. Everything about this guy is unique. He makes a sudden public appearance, what seems to be out of nowhere. And people are wondering, where did this guy come from? It, his unusual lifestyle provokes people probably to examine themselves when they see him living so simply and humbly. His message is 
very unlike what the people are used to from the rabbis. The rabbis were always quoting one another and debating issues and speaking so eloquently. John's sermons are always the same. An in-your-face demand for repentance. And he proclaims the soon-to-come arrival of the King of Heaven. Now, he's John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. His baptism was shocking. It was, in a sense, um, shameful to the Jews to think about this because among the Jews, baptism was not practiced. Now, in certain parts of the Law of Moses, there were ceremonial washings from time to time, and, you know, the, and the Pharisees went crazy with that and added a bunch of other ones to it. Uh, they were part of the application of the Law of Moses, consecrating priests and doing things before you brought an offering. But the only ones who were ever totally immersed, and that's what the word baptize means, the only ones who were ever totally immersed by the Jews were Gentile proselytes who were converting, renouncing their former gods to worship the true God, Jehovah. So it was scandalous. How dare this man come along, say he's a prophet of God, and, and call Jews to go through a, a, a symbolic demonstration as if to say that I need to be completely forgiven and converted, that I need to renounce what I used to believe. Well, John is humble. He doesn't play the games of the religious establishment of his day, never calls attention to himself. He lives simply. His life is uncluttered, but he's so captivating. He's so compelling. People are starting to ask, well, is he a prophet? Is he really the fulfillment of the prophecy that Elijah was going to come before the Messiah? Or, or could this guy actually be the Messiah? Whoever he is, they, they couldn't resist. Even though he doesn't preach in Jerusalem, even though people have to walk a day or two in most cases to meet John, he can't be ignored. Indeed, John the Baptist is a messenger of God, and that's why Mark cites Malachi and Isaiah to launch this boat. Now, in Isaiah's context, Isaiah is looking forward to the restoration of Israel to the land after her captivity, and then looking beyond that physical restoration to the time when God is going to take away her sins. Jesus is the one who came to die for the sins of God's people, and John is his forerunner. So he's connecting all of the, the flow of the plan of God here. Now he says, um, make straight the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord, in John's message, is the, the way of repentance. To make his paths straight is based upon the preparations that were normally done for the arrival of, a, of an earthly king. And when you apply that spiritually, it means preparing your heart to meet the king who is coming from heaven. Give the Lord an easy entrance into your heart, into your life, by admitting your need for him. Admitting that you need your sins forgiven. Admitting that apart from him you're dead and you need new life. 
Now, I called this point, Do What God's Word Says. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.